Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again here on the program. This is episode 7 of The Podject, and this is Hopsy, and I am certainly happy to have you. If it's your first time joining us in The Podject, welcome. If it's your second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, welcome back. we got a lot of unfinished business here, folks. We are going to have a friend of mine stop in in a little bit, do a quick little interview. He was my roommate in the first year of university at Nipissing University, the illustrious institution of the North. And he had a project that ended up turning into a bit of an idea that he has rolled with and is still a business that he is working on today, years later. And no, it is not a Fortune 500 company and he's not the richest man in the world, but in this day and age, he started an e-commerce brand that he has tweaked and turned to be something successful that he is still working with today. And that's um, pretty pretty good, okay? So we're going to get a little insight for him because myself and you, the viewer, we need to learn how this stuff happens. We need to see how it goes on. We're going to get educated. Every episode, we're learning a little bit. Lots going on. Um, crazy times. Um, I mean... 2020 has not been an easy one by any means, but um, there's still a lot of craziness going on. I mean, sports is basically shut down after this craziness that has happened in this past week. Um, racial injustice is still a thing, folks, and black lives definitely do matter. So I really hope that we take this time to focus on things bigger than ourselves and um, we focus on the issue at hand, which is... Um, you know, getting a society that's very inclusive and uh, welcoming to all. We don't need oppression in this world, and that's the last minute to speak on that. I don't want to spend any more time on that because that's not what this show's about. But um, yeah, that's um, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm supportive of of what's going on. These people using their voices. I mean, the days of sport and um, you know, social justices and politics not being intertwined are long gone. So. Athletes are using their platform to, uh, you know, try to help people out. And if you don't like that, fuck off, all right? Because that's what's going to happen, all right? So shut up. Anyways, enough of that. Um, I recently have really, I've just acknowledged the fact that if you want to be a successful ass fuck, you're going to have to read a lot of books. Everyone who's smart as shit, it seems they're crushing books they got a big shelf up there, their knowledge, they're sitting there under it and they're just looking up at it and they just know that they've read every goddamn word in those fuckers and they know they're smart because of it. So I've been trying to read a bit more. I actually don't mind reading. It's been a battle to, to enjoy it because I am not, I don't think a reader by trade, if I will say, but I do actually enjoy it. I find you kind of got to get into the rhythm if you put the books down for a couple months and you start picking them back up, maybe it's going to take you a little bit, you know, to get the rhythm of the, you know, flowing with it, you know, maybe to the point where you can crush a couple pages without wanting to stop every chapter, every couple pages, but it's good, you know, you should be reading, and um, it's a great form of entertainment, very cheap, and uh, anyways, enough of that shit, I started reading this book, uh, borrowed it from a friend here, it's called The Stranger in the Woods, and it is unbelievable, and the thing I really liked about it is because it happened just very recently, so... Stranger in the Woods is a tale about a fellow named Christopher Knight, and this guy has quite the story. So, essentially, this guy in 1986 was a shy and intelligent 20-year-old named Christopher Knight. He left his home in Massachusetts, drove to Maine, 
where he was where he grew up and he just disappeared into the forest and he would not have a conversation with another human being until nearly three decades later 27 years to be exact and he was unfortunately arrested but basically this guy grew up in uh, central Maine I think of the area he grew up was called Albion A-L-B-I-O-N we'll say that's how you say it I believe that's what it was um Grew up in a family. He had four older brothers and a younger sister. Apparently just grew up a very smart family, very private, kept to themselves. But this guy wasn't uh, like a depressed kid, wasn't losing his mind growing up. Didn't have any uh, situations that would, I guess, cause him to run away or anything. But one day he was just finishing school. He had a job with a computer company in Massachusetts. And one day he... He had a car, and he decided to quit his job. He did a road trip. He drove down to Florida by himself and drove back. And then he drove by his childhood home and then randomly drove up into northern Maine. And obviously Maine, for as we know, is nestled there right in between New Brunswick and Quebec. Kind of That's like the most northern state in the northeast up there, just next to New Hampshire. But I've, I've obviously very familiar with the Maritimes, my family being from there, played junior hockey there, spent a lot of time in New Brunswick. I don't know if I've ever actually been to Maine, <clears throat> but I hear Maine's very nice. But for those of you who don't know what Maine looks like, it's got some oceanfront on it. It's by Nova Scotia and all of them. It's on the Maritimes. But this isn't on the shore or anything. This is kind of like in the middle. So Albion is kind of by Augusta, probably an hour or two north of uh, the ocean there. But... This guy takes his car, just pulls into the woods in the middle of nowhere, drives way up north in the Maine, and just throws his keys on his dashboard. Apparently he had a tent, he had a sleeping bag, and that was it. And he had the clothes on his back, and he just walked out into the woods. And this kid like had never spent a night in a tent, ever. And he just took off, doesn't know how to hunt, doesn't know how to fight and find his own food and do all this stuff. And he takes off, and this motherfucker somehow lives 27 years in the middle of Maine, and he did not see another person. Well, he saw one person this entire time. He came across a hiker, which he believes was sometime in the 90s because this guy lost track of time being out there all by himself. And apparently he just nodded at the guy and said hello and just kept walking and didn't even say another word. So for 27 years, this guy never said anything to anyone but hi. He said hello one time to someone. And... I mean, talk about solitude. I mean, when was the last time that you can say that you, the longest you went with just your own mind, your own thoughts? I mean, you're not on Instagram. You're not getting tweets. You're not um, checking emails. You're literally, you're out there, no connection to anything. You're not talking to anyone. You're not with anyone. You're just sitting there literally alone with your thoughts. How, how long... Do you think that you've, what was the longest stretch you've gone recently or ever? Probably not that fucking long. This guy did that for 27 years. That's unbelievable. And this book is actually very well done. It, Michael, it's written by Michael Finkel, whom I never heard of. Um, but I will definitely look into him. He did a great job comparing, he kind of, he not only got, uh, did a great job of covering this story, 
But he also dove into the idea of maybe why. Like, why would this Chris Knight guy just leave? Like, why would he just pack? Like, he, he had no reason to. He just did it. But it's like, he, it's like he found peace in just being by himself. This guy, he says in the book. <clears throat> so basically, the entire story is it tells you in detail through this guy's 27 years of how he did it out there because this author, Michael Finkel, when this Chris Knight was arrested, which was, I believe, January 2013, that's why I was so intrigued by the story is because this just happened recently. And this author caught wind of it, thought it was very interesting because he's obsessed with solitude, the idea of it. So he starts flying out and inter interviewing this guy in prison. So all the accounts of this book are literally driven right from the guy himself who was out in the woods. Like th this, this is like an unbelievable book. It's put together amazingly well. And he starts toggling with all these ideas of solitude and, and how it's been such a big topic in the history of the world, like all over the world. Like there's so much mention of people trying to do these solitary treks to find wisdom in themselves and, and all these like famous people like, I guess like Einstein, bunch of different authors. Like I could go on and act like a smart guy and name drop, but a lot of great things have come from solitude. And this guy might literally be, this guy might be have the greatest stretch of solitary confinement ever. Like when you think about it, they made a point in this book and it's so true. So homo sapiens, human beings, have been around roughly 2.5 million years or let's say a version of ourselves. I'm sure we didn't look the same for 2.5 million years, but roughly, you know, we're cutting around, we're doing our thing. But for 99% of that, we were majorly, majority of that time, we were either alone or in very small groups, just searching for food, hunting, scavenging, just trying to stay alive. Like that's, that's what human beings are. Like made to be alone, be in solitude essentially. And now in the last, ever so what 2000 plus years all of a sudden we've had this revolution of new life technology revolution industrial revolutions and all this stuff like we don't even know what's going on anymore like all this we're staring at our phones 24 hours a day like we don't know the long-term effects of that some crazy stuff gonna happen well we don't know what's going on we don't know how we're going to evolve further through this and it's gonna be very interesting to see thing I liked about this book was this Chris Knight guy I could never do it I don't think I would first of all I would die but this guy was in the woods alone for 27 years and he he just started he started out very remotely and he started almost dying so he realized that he was gonna have to start doing something for food so I guess it started out with a few stalks of corn he was taken from farmers fields and then eventually need got to necessity and he started stealing from people and he found this place called North Pond in Maine and it had about, I don't know, a couple hundred maybe like camps we'll call them. We won't even call them cabins. I don't think there were any full-time residents really, but he would just start realizing when people were coming and going and he would just go into these places and start helping himself. Apparently he had over a thousand break-ins when he got caught, but only things he would take were things he needed. He would take like books. He would take food you would take you know medical supplies and whatnot and the whole time he was out there he didn't get sick once he didn't have one serious injury he says he didn't have one illness sickness of any kind because he wasn't near any humans he had no way to get sick 
You're not going to get sick just breathing in pine needles all day. And he found this place by this north pond that apparently was so secluded in, that, in such deep woods. And, you know, I'm sure we can all imagine what the woods would be around that area. So thick and deer, moose couldn't even walk through there. He found this, like, Stonehenge-like secluded area, got a tent in there, and all this supplies and propane tanks he would steal from people and little washboards. And he made himself this little fucking camp. And apparently after the first couple of years, he stayed in this camp about 25 years. And it was three minutes from society and no one caught him. He didn't light one fucking fire the entire time. He just had a little Coleman stove. He'd get propane from people and he'd just stay there and make his food. He would sleep from 7 p.m. till 3 a.m. in the morning. And he would wake up in the coldest part of the night. And he would just pace around and stay alive that way and just melt snow and drink it. And probably drink his own piss and urine and crazy shit. Could you imagine? This guy did that for 27 years. And apparently, if his hobbies were fixing up his little camp, if he wasn't doing anything else, all he was doing was just sitting there and staring, like just literally just living in the nothing. Just being there in nothing. I mean, I think a lot of people would go absolutely fucking wild. Like, what's the goal of life, though, really? I always, and this sounds stupid, but I always, I try to think about this often. What's the point of life? The point of life is success, is it? But what is, what is success? Everyone has a different gauge of what success is. Is, being, is success in life being happy? Is it being content? Is it having laughs? Is it um, making money? Like, what is it? What is success for everyone is so different. But essentially, I think success finds that level of contempt where we can just be okay with what is. I mean, this guy, I think, in my eyes, might be one of the most successful people ever. I'm not saying it's right that he stole from people. And where he did get, he ended up getting caught because he'd always steal from this uh, disabled children's camp, which sounds fucked up, but he was just doing it to survive. I mean, this guy didn't hurt anyone in the 27 years he was gone. Apparently, he caused a lot of havoc to, you know, cottage goers in the area. A lot of unease when they're getting broken into every weekend for 27 years, but... I mean, this guy might have found the epitome of success. He was just content with where, what, what, what was, living in the moment, living the dream. I mean, solitude is something that this book brings up many, many times. And, you know, every time you're somewhere and there's noise going, there's something that, you know, your brain needs to give a reaction to, you know, that's causing stimulus in your brain constantly. When you get away in silence and you just, you know, you're by yourself for a second, like studies show that even just going and being, going for a 20 minute walk quietly alone just increases brain function like substantially. So these people, when they master being alone, being in solitude, like imagine what that would feel like. That would be incredible. I mean, it can also go the other way. You know, there's in this book too, there's so many accounts of people being prisoners and going absolutely insane and I mean, I won't talk anymore about the book because I would love you all to read it, but something really cool, you know, think about solitude. And I know I like to work out a lot too. And I was reading something that's saying, you know, everyone's gotten so used to listening to music and whatnot when we're doing stuff like that, that it's actually apparently very good and very beneficial to actually start cutting the tunes for a little bit, like maybe doing half your workout without tunes on because then you get that solitude in there and you're left alone with your mind, your thoughts, when shit ain't easy, when you're working out, when you can't give it, when you can't go that extra mile. But you have to. Challenge yourself. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I didn't think I was going to get off on this tangent about that book, but I did because I loved it. And um, 
yeah, this is like a book club online. But um, we're going to kick it over to a cool little interview. Um, my buddy, like I said, has started a little bit of a business. And <clears throat> this is all about um, bettering ourselves. So the viewer and me, the host here, after listening to this interview, we should be able to start our own businesses, okay? So we're going to listen to this. Should have had this interview in person when I was in Calgary. But this guy thinks his shit don't stink, you know? He does. He just doesn't realize that the pod, you know, the pod has its own schedule. It's got to sit with it. It's got to go with its own thing. Um, yeah, so let's go with that. Uh, I was lucky to get Jared off the phone. Usually he's got his face down in his cell phone. Uh, he's the kind of guy that will read a LinkedIn article when he's at the bar with you. So, um, yeah, we're happy to get him off the phone and uh, get him on this interview. And let's, let's see what he has to say to us. Okay, folks, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the project. This is episode seven. This is the interview segment. And we have ourselves, a Fort McMurray native raised in Red Deer, Alberta, his alma mater is Nipissing University, and his elite prospects profile is probably longer than his cock. Folks, welcome to Jared Smith. Welcome to the show, Jared. How are you doing today? Good, RFC. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing very good, Jarrett. We wanted to bring you on because um, you have a little bit of something that we're looking to provide um, to our viewers, and that's what we call insight. Have you ever heard of insight, Jarrett? Yeah, definition of Bob McKenzie, a little bit of insight, you know? Okay, well, we're not going that direction. We're actually looking for a little bit of a business direction, so I'm going to lay the groundwork here. Um, Jarrett Smith, my former roommate from my first year at Nipissing University, he was inspired by his, what was it? Your, it was his third year. It doesn't matter what year he was in. He was inspired by the introduction to entrepreneurship course hosted by none other than Diane Davis, an absolute warrior professor up at that established institution. And that, that class's premise was the end project. You had to create basically a business idea and you had to pitch it as your final project. Jarrett makes a clothing company called 403 Lifestyle Brand. He pitches it but he makes it happen. Jarrett, you've turned that into a new clothing brand today with a different name, but can you touch on those early days in that class that got you started? Tell us a little bit about um, maybe some inspiration behind that idea and what made you actually want to take it further than the classroom? Yeah, so how it came about is I was kind of like I was stumped. I didn't really know what to do. I mean, I had a lot of, a lot of ideas, but didn't really know what direction I wanted to go through. So pulled up the old YouTube there and seen a, a video on how, you know, East style life, East coast lifestyle clothing uh, came about, watched it. And I was like, you know what, this is like a pretty spot on track that, you know, what, how he created and how I'm trying to create something. And just kind of thought about what, you know, Southern Alberta had for a clothing company and they didn't really have anything. So we decided to make, you know, four zero three, and you know, I honestly didn't know if I would, you know, go through with the idea or not. But I wanted to create something that was attainable, and I thought, you know, if, even if I could get a couple hats and just sell them and say, you know, I, I sold twenty hats as a, as a business project for an entrepreneurship class, you know, great. If it turned into a business, great. Um, but I just wanted to make something realistic. A lot of people had these. I guess these pipe dreams of billion dollar corporations that they're, you know, coming up with business plans for. And it just, it wasn't attainable to me. I thought at the time, if I'm going to put all this effort into creating something, I might as well make it realistic and, and something I can, you know, eventually, you know, maybe turn into a business, get some experience and, and sell some products. Absolutely. So 
you started out with 403 lifestyle, like you said, maybe kind of a bit of a knockoff of East Coast lifestyle. But then how long after was it that you changed it into unparalleled premium wear, which it is known as today? Was that about a year in or so? Yeah, it was about a year. And I just thought I really limited myself with, um, you know, the 403 thing. I mean, it only reaches so many people, right? Whereas something like East Coast Lifestyles, literally, you know, the whole East Coast of North America. And um, I just thought, you know, maybe to kind of get back to my roots a little bit and, um, and you know, just uh, try and get something more athletic wear and something, um, you know, more athleisure, something I could put, you know, shorts and golf polos, hats, and, you know, just uh, a little different street wear and stuff like that. Something that, you know, you can wear on an everyday basis and feel comfortable in something, you know, from, the gym to the bar so that's kind of the direction I wanted to take things and um you know it's just the the way I ended up going so I'm I'm pretty happy with how things have progressed under unparalleled so when you started it was obviously pretty bare bones approach I'm assuming like were you just like ordering stuff it was coming to your house and then you were putting it in individual boxes and shipping it out to customers like is that how you like how'd you get started with an e-commerce business like that's what I feel like is the most interesting part of this is just kind of getting this thing off the ground. Yeah. So the one mistake I made with four zero three was actually kind of going like all in, like I had uh, tanks, men's shirts, women's shirts, hoodies, hats, um, just like a lot of different stuff. And, and honestly, like, I think I made, you know, in the first couple of weeks, I made pretty much all the money I put into it back. Um, so it went pretty good, but I just, I just found like there was just so much stuff to keep track of at first. And when you're kind of doing everything by yourself in terms of the orders and whatnot, it, it was a lot. Um, and I didn't really know how to run the e-commerce site. Like um, I, I run my website through Shopify now and it's been like, you know, uh, amazing. It's as simple as, you know, getting an order, printing off the shipping receipts and, and taking it you know, put it in the box, tape it on, take it to the post office and you're good to go. Um, so I'm glad it's as easy as Shopify is to work, but um, that's kind of why I scaled back a bit with just hats and headwear with Unparalleled to start. Now I'm starting to, you know, branch out into workout shorts, polos. I had a, a shirt before, I had some headbands. Um, you know, I eventually want to start doing some women's workout stuff and, you know, crop top hoodies. And I'm pretty excited for the fall line. It's going to be more, more streetwear and, and beanies and whatnot. So I'm um, just trying to be, you know, kind of, I guess, diversified, not just an athletic or a streetwear brand, just kind of a mix of both. So when you started out, you said, you know, you kind of got the uh, inspiration from East Coast lifestyle. So then you start designing some clothing and stuff and was that something that, you know, you kind of took to and you, you kind of liked the designing process too? It wasn't just kind of like an easy business idea to start out. Now you've kind of got a passion for maybe fashion, I guess we'll call it. Are you a fashionista now? <laughs> um, honestly, I like to try and keep my stuff simple. And I think that's a reason why it sells. I don't want people walking around with, you know, like a giant billboard plastered with unparalleled and you know, the U logo everywhere. I just want to have, you know, 
good quality products that are up there with, you know, some of the, the better brands and, um, you know, just simple designs that you can, you know, wear anywhere, like the, the golf polos, for example, like I, I wear mine to work, you know, quite a bit. I wear mine golfing quite a bit. The workout shorts, like I wear them casually. I wear them, to, you know, to the gym. Um, so just something that, you know, is is simple. Like I just, I don't want my, you know, to be a walking billboard, you know, that only works for so many people. And um, for my style, and I think a lot of my friends' styles, people just like, you know, something, you know, simple and, and something comfortable. So that's kind of the direction I want to keep things going. So you're basically just providing your own needs and wants in the fashion world to your customers is what you're saying. I mean, I guess you could look at it that way. I wouldn't put something out that I wouldn't wear. Right. So you think you think you're a pretty hot guy then, eh? All this fucking hot getch up on the, on the shelves there and you're selling it, you're slopping, you're slopping and slipping and slapping it around. You, you think you're up to something down there with unparalleled. <laughs> Oh, you know, I just, I just enjoy providing, you know, quality products at a pretty reasonable price. So, um, just keep it going that way. So I've seen, you've also got, um, you know, you got your social media presence and you've recently kind of got into making some, I guess we'll call them, I don't know if you call them vlogs, but you've got some video content now you've, you know, I don't know if you'd call them athletes or, or I don't know, users of your product or whatever you'd call it, but you know, you do have some interesting videos how'd you kind of get involved with that? And like, and what aspect do you hope to that brings into your company? I guess social media being so prevalent now, like if you have shitty social media, like I don't even think people will even not only not take you serious, but like literally won't even look at you for more than one or two seconds these days. So how important is that? And just kind of tell us about, I guess all the craziness going on with that. Like you got a video guy now and you're, you know, you're trying to do some big shit. Yeah, so actually a uh, kid from Calgary, Madison Dunn, you know, shout out Dunner. Um, he's unreal with a camera. He does some some pretty cool stuff that I don't really want to sit down and take the time to learn to do, um, you know. But, yeah, it's just – it's cool to have different things like that. I think, like you said, social media is so big, and if you kind of have a garbage – social media platform nobody really takes you seriously but um if you're constantly putting out cool you know videos like Dunner's done for us and um just just constantly you know having that um I guess you call content that's what you that's what you people call it right you media people content um if you just constantly have content going and you know you're always you know keeping up to date on you know your social media and um, just keeping a presence out there. I think it keeps the people, you know, it, it keeps your brand in the back of people's minds for the most part. And they're more likely to, to dabble in and buy something from you. So, so yeah. it says on, on Instagram, it says you have 11,000 followers on Instagram. That's kind of hot. How many of those did you buy? Uh, zero I'm joking, man. Okay. But also <laughs> you got some, so are all these uh, are all these honeys that you have as models on your thing? Are they locally found and um, scouted, or are they kind of a, is it a reference program that comes for you? <laughs> uh, they're people that I'm definitely uh, friends with. I mean, um, there's sometimes you know in the early days I'd reach out to people, um, and and try and get them to promote the product. And some people, you know, they just take the product and and don't promote it. So. 
uh, when you have friends that are, you know, pretty good looking females, uh, they can promote your product. Uh, it's always nice. Um, you know, even getting products into the hands of some bigger name athletes, like, uh, like Johnny Boychuk, he's been awesome at buying product. You know, he bought a bunch of hats for the bubble and, uh, had some pictures of Matt Barzell wearing an unparalleled hat and Matt Martin, um, who else, uh, like first year CFL guy, Johnny Manziel was wearing the hat in the interview. That was pretty cool. Um, I actually took a shot in the dark, sent him a couple hats and then turned around, put a big order in, you know, like a week or two after he got the hats. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, I just uh, actually recently just sent uh, Taylor Hall some stuff to Toronto there. Um, so hopefully get some. Didn't Classified just wear it in like a music video? Yeah, actually. So um actually i gave him that hat a couple years ago when he came to red deer i shot him a message didn't you know you never know what you're gonna get with you know people with the blue check marks right so shot him a message he replied i met up with him at a bar he was playing at and he's he's actually a massive guy he's probably like six foot four he's a tall dude i didn't expect him to be that tall but gave him a couple toques and a hat and uh, actually, a guy I worked with at the city a couple years ago in Red Deer there, he sent me a message. Um, and I was like, what is that? And he just sent me a link to the video and watched. And I was like, oh, that's, it's actually pretty cool to see, you know, your hat in a, a music video by Classified. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, honestly, just one of those random things that you'd never expect, but pretty, pretty grateful for. Yeah, that's actually unreal. So... You got a little bit of experience. I mean, not many people started a business that young and I wanted to just kind of catch up with you because you have been, you know, keeping up with it four years on, but you know, you're looking to take your, you know, entrepreneurship a step further and, you know, basically be your own boss full time. So what kind of other goals you got cooking up for the future here? You know, what are you looking towards now that, you know, you've seen you can, you can do a project like on parallel and maybe, you know, start doing stuff like that to support yourself. What are your plans in the future here? Well, I just actually I just recently put in my two weeks with the job I was working. I think it's I got to the point where you know we got a little bit of an investment for our uh, hemp farm and an app we got coming out too. Um, so it's it's one of those things where you know we got a little bit of money behind it, and you got to take. I feel like you got to take a gamble at some point because if you're always you know, spending eight hours a day at a job and then you're already going to your, you know, your side hustle tired and you don't quite have the same energy to put in that you got your real job. It's, you're just always going to have one foot in, you know, the door, one foot out kind of. And at some point you got to take a risk. You always hear of, you know, like people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos say like they kind of just went all in and that's when things started being successful. So that's kind of the bet I'm putting on myself and, and my business partner is that if we can kind of do this full time and, and, and seeing what we've accomplished in two, you know, two months, just getting this off the ground to where it is now, if we had a hundred percent of our time focused that we could, we could do some pretty cool stuff. And, and same with unparalleled. I've, I've kind of seen what I can do, you know, with 20, 30% of my time and just having more time to do that. I think it's only going to grow more. So 
I'm excited to, you know, kind of fulfill a dream that I've always had of being my own boss and, and looking to provide, you know, people with jobs and, and hopefully some guidance to younger entrepreneurs in the future and, and hopefully reaching some, some lofty goals that I've set for, you know, myself moving forward here with, with my companies. Well, you know what, Jared, I think, you know, you're on an honest footpath here, my friend. And I think you're doing God's work on, you know, every day of the week. So it's honestly an honor to see you. And I don't mean that just as a pal, but it's cool seeing what you're up to. You know, maybe one day you'll hire the kid. I don't know. Maybe you'll give me a job, right? You know, the, the potential's out there. You know, maybe you could hire a podcast. Maybe you can open a podcast under your business plan. Yeah, maybe we start a social media thing or, uh, mul- or uh, yeah, a multimedia company and kind of go from there we'll let you ramble on air like you do every every week on investors come out possibly (laughs) you hey man Um, we got a we got we got an office for you you can put the microphone in there and shoot the shit whenever you want i have an absolutely amazing image for some reason that just popped into jarrett or popped into my head of jarrett pertaining back to my first year when i lived in him Uh, i won't go into details too much but one time we had a party we never had parties at our house because our house wasn't that great of like a party spot, but it doesn't matter. We had some people over one night and we had a landlord from hell. Oh, but, this is where you're going with this one. But all of a sudden <laughs> this landlord like comes flying into the house unannounced, like heard we had a party because we had a semi-detached. So like the neighbor probably called us, called her and told on us anyways. She comes humming in, but her husband opens the door and like, we didn't know her husband. Our landlord was the lady. So the husband comes humming in the fucking house, big Nike shirt on him, fucking fresh gel in the hair. He had some flip-flops on. And I can still remember him flying up the steps and Smitty, like, way too many beers into him. Could barely even speak. But I can remember him being like, and who the fuck are you? And then he was like, I'm the owner of this house. And I remember Smitty just like, well then. I don't know. Well, that was just like one of the most random things ever that happened. Like, so how it happened, it like, at, well, Adam, you know, one of two members of the Smitty committee, uh, probably up on the water tower in Nanaimo right now pulling wrenches, um, but puts the picture on social media of all of us and the landlord's daughter follow him. And probably 10 minutes later, this guy comes buzzing in. Where he grabbed Jake McDowell and threw him in the snowbank at the front lawn. Oh, man. All I remember is him coming up the steps and you being, and who the fuck are you? God, that was funny. That was the end of that party, oh. though, for sure. Yeah, but at least we got 48 free beers out of it, though, a couple days later. Yeah, the, the landlord felt so bad afterwards. He came and got bought his beer to apologize. Yeah, and then we had a bigger, bigger party at the house. Uh, we had some good times. But, Smitty, I think that was pretty good. Um a little bit of an introductory, you know, kind of laid out the groundwork of how this guy got his business started. No excuse for you, the listener, at this point. If this guy can fucking do it, you can fucking do it. But I think that was kind of cool. Smitty, is there anything else you'd like to touch on before we let you go here? Uh, no. I mean, I think we touched all, all I mean, the I feel like this was, was this, a, was this a business podcast or did we just give you a free ad read for the last 20 minutes? On Unparalleled. Shooting the shit with your buddy. That's what it was. I know. I'm just joking. Smitty, happy to have you on. We'll have to have you on again. And um, I'm sure at some point you'll stop back in, whether that's for maybe we'll have a fashion episode. You can come on and talk clothing. Joking, Smitty. Yeah, Thanks so much for having me on. 
<laughs> I'm joking. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me. Love what you're doing with the podcast. Uh, oh. I don't know. I've said it before. There's one friend that could grab a mic and become famous for just spewing the shit. It's probably you. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm glad you finally gave your nuts a tug and started your own podcast. So no, it's not about the fame, Smitty. It's about a journey. Okay, pal. Thanks for being on. Yeah, with I'm me. just, I'm just glad this is not a political podcast, right? No, definitely not. Okay. Thanks buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, my man. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Take okay, care. Be yourself, dude. Seriously. Don't conform. We'll talk soon. Bye now. Bye. Well, thanks again there, Jarrett, for joining us as he pulls his car over somewhere errantly on the side of an Edmonton side road. Hopefully he didn't get shanked in the process. Hopefully we'll have, we'll have to give him a call after the show, make sure he's doing okay. But uh, that was nice. That was nice. I wanted to have him come on, you know, give a quick shout out about this. And then uh, maybe he can shut up and never ask to ever come on my show again. Okay, perfect. Um, big news recently, the Conservative Party of Canada has recently chosen Aaron O'Toole to be the new leader. And um, I don't know much about Aaron O'Toole, but like I said, it was time to get uh, Sheerface, Schmearface out of the out of the office there. So let's meet Aaron O'Toole quickly. This is not a political podcast, but I think it's uh, very important for us all to know who he is. Uh, Aaron O'Toole is a Canadian politician. He served as leader of the opposition of Canada. So he's been the leader of the Conservative Party since August 24th, 2020. That was last Sunday that he got voted in. He was the Minister of Veterans of Veterans Affairs in 2015 and he has been a member of Parliament for Durham since 2012. O'Toole joined the military in 1991. Oh, military man. I like that. I like a military man in the governance. And he received a bachelor's degree in history and political science from the Royal Terry Military College of Canada, RMC. He was then commissioned in the Canadian Air Force's command, serving as air navigator, eventually advancing to the rank of captain. Following his service in military in 2000, he transferred to the reserves and received a law degree from the School at School of Law at Dalhousie University. He practiced law for nearly a decade before getting into Parliament in the Durham region in a 2020, 2012 sorry, by-election. So Aaron O'Toole, a military background, a former lawyer, quite impressive. And as of now, almost a decade in politics. I mean, fuck do I know? Montreal guy, he's got that French thing going for him too. So we'll see what happens with Aaron O'Toole. I thought it was interesting though. The Conservatives had up for vote Leslyn Lewis, a black woman, who was also a lawyer, and I thought that that she was making some waves that maybe she was going to get the uh, nomination for leading of the Conservative Party, but clearly that did not happen. And honestly, I didn't even see her name come up close in the ballots of the voting. I don't know how it works. Uh, maybe she was just getting a little bit of a tip of the cap for being a woman and a minority, but I thought that would have been a very smart move. I thought they should have just done that, shake it up a bit, throw her in. But um, I don't know. This Aaron O'Toole guy seems very, very qualified. Um, hopefully he's the man for the job. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see a new leader. We don't know what's going to happen. How does that work? Could there be election this fall? We don't know. No one cares. We're all talking about the states. Who knows? <clears throat> but what I do know is that very soon this will be a political podcast only during our political correspondence episodes. My political correspondent has been decided and I will have him on the show as soon as I can get him at his nearest availability. This is a very, very busy man. He, um, he works with a lot of in international intelligence agencies. 
and he debunks lots of codes, systems, security manifestations, all sorts of drama. And we're going to have him on, and we're going to talk about things outside of the borders. But until then, I don't think we should touch on anything abroad for the moment. You know, we, we, keep it, we, keep, we try to keep it within the walls of Canada into a degree of a political nature. Until then, until we get our correspondent available, um, we, we won't touch on those foreign abroad topics. But there's going to be lots coming, folks. I'm excited. I am looking to just make this show. I'm looking to make it just happen, okay? I'm just, that's all I can say is there is no direction for this show. And I love that because we are going to conquer. We're going to touch them all. It's like, touch, it's like rounding the bases. We're just going to touch them all. We're going to touch all the topics, folks. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode. Episode 7 has been adjourned. Hope you learned something. Hope you had a good time. And we'll be back for more better than ever. Every episode, we're just going to keep climbing this mountain, baby. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye.